Lee here. It's the Sultans of Slam for Tuesday, October 20th, 2020. It is snowing here in Winnipeg. Yep. Uh, sticking on the ground, not so much the cement, so I don't think it's with us to stay for the season. Uh, but enjoying it. Wife's making some soup. Watch some wrestling. And I realize uh, I'll be reviewing a show, AW Dynamite, from last week, October 14th. Uh, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, where th- the next episode is tomorrow, so by the time you hear this, uh, if you hear this at all, it's it's mere hours uh, from the next episode of Dynamite. So thank you for sticking with me, and uh, my apology to you will be no more late episodes. Uh, these are going to go up uh, by like a Saturday, uh, Sunday morning at the absolute latest. And uh, whenever Reed jumps back on uh, wanting to do this podcast again, it'll probably move back to Fridays permanently. So thank you for sticking with our schedule. Enough of the intro. Let's get down to business. Why we are here to talk about the anniversary show of AEW Dynamite from uh, Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the first anniversary. Every championship will be defended. JR welcomes us, Excalibur and Tony Schiavone alongside him. Justin Roberts introduces us to the AEW Tag Championship match, Best Friends versus FTR with Tully Blanchard. Both teams already in the ring. Best Friends Chuck and Trent in matching bubblegum pink and dark navy black ring gear. Looking good. Couple minutes in, and uh, Tony says he wants to talk about uh, bringing us entertainment since October 2nd, 1990. Uh, Off by 21 years, says uh, says Excalibur. He's in fact off by like 30 years. Um, So, you know. Weird. FTR with frequent tags isolate Trent to their side of the ring. Uh, on the outside, Dax hits a huge backdrop from the top rope. Tagged Cash for a near fall. Chuck finally uh, gets the hot tag, rocking and rolling as JR puts it. Clears the ring with clotheslines and hits the tope on FTR. Uh, on the outside, Chuck rolls Dax back into the ring for a falcon arrow and a near fall. Dax dumped to the outside. Best friends with some offense now, ending in a knee to the face of Cash and a near fall by Trent. Trent turns a back suplex from Dax into a crossbody pinfall attempt. Chuck reappears and tangles with Cash in the ring and then out. Dax with a spike and a near fall on the still legal Trent. Best friends manage to hit a strong zero. Cash breaks up the count with a flying headbutt. Trent and Cash fight to the outside. Trent attempts a spear. Cash redirecting him through Kip Sabian's uh, arcade cabinet. It's just, there's an arcade cabinet at ringside, uh, kind of with nothing around it. And Kip Sabian's just there playing arcade games with his uh, betrothed Penelope Ford. Kip holding his control deck uh, instructs Penelope Ford to go get him. And Penelope disappears backstage. Uh, Cash pulls Trent back into the ring, negating the countout. Dax uh, gets Trent up for a goodnight express, but Chuck disposes of Cash. Chuck tagged in, chops and elbows the crap out of Dax. Cash whiffs a belt shot. Uh, They set up the spot again, and then he hits it. Referee properly distracted. Dax gets the pin, and FTR retains. Scalibur mentions FTR has yet to win without some funny business from Tully. My laptop randomly shuts off, and I lose three minutes of notes here. So that's how I... uh, that's how I started my night. Miro attacks best friends after their match. After a commercial break, Miro and Kip Sabian are in a match with some jobbers, a wrestler who we will call Gold Pants, I catch his name, and Lee Johnson. Miro tosses Gold Pants outside the ring and destroys him, Dex Lee Johnson. Kip is tagged in for a quick spot off the top rope, then tags out. Big video gamer Miro shouts, Game over! 
and applies the accolade or whatever he's calling it now. Well, he misses it initially. Uh, he His hands kind of... I've seen him do this before uh, in WWE as well with this move. Uh, then locks it in for the tap. I'm waiting for the time that his opponent taps before he properly locks this move in. Uh, anyways, he refuses to release the hold after uh, the, the bell has been rung. Kip describes the arcade cabinet as his most prized possession, with Penelope standing right there. Uh, not that she is his property, mind you. Uh, you know what I mean. Uh, Miro threatens, good friends, you break my shit, game over. Uh, the gamer gimmick is uh, lame. Like, super lame. Uh, it's not working for me at all. The WWE and Total Divas Rusev was a huge babyface. I loved him. Uh, when he fucking did that match with Cena, when he came in on the tank at WrestleMania... Uh, I don't think him as just a Bulgarian, brute, strong, likable uh, foreign guy uh, is, is broken. Uh, he just wasn't being pushed in WWE. My dog has come down to join us. Hello, Nessa. What are your thoughts on Rusev? Now, Miro. Uh, JR throws us to backstage for the next segment. Yeah, I, with the Miro thing, uh, I, I mean, it's here to stay. The, the, the pro wrestler... Uh, like, he likes playing video games in real life. So this character also likes playing video games uh, is lame to me. There's more subtle Xavier Woods-esque ways of uh, of doing it. Uh, you got the trombone. He's playing the Final Fantasy tunes. They got the, the ring gear, the subtle thing. And then outside of his WWE wrestler persona, he's got up, up, down, down in his, his Twitch stream and all that. I, uh, yeah, I think Reed uh, more or less shares my opinion on this. We're not doing it for him. Uh, anyway, Lance Archer is uh, beating the crap out of Moxley in a hallway already. Uh, Jake uh, cla uh, clams him down. I have uh, calms him down, I think is what I meant to say. The announce team shows us uh, the world title elimination tournament bracket and how it will look. Uh, this is the tournament that's going to culminate at full gear. And then whoever wins it uh, gets a shot at the AEW uh, championship in two weeks after that, I believe is how this shakes out. Uh, on the left-hand side of the bracket, we have Penta L0M versus Ray Phoenix. Uh, two tag tag team brethren uh, forced to do battle here. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela, which we've seen before. It was one of the matches that people are like, you got to watch. Dark, man. They got Kenny Omega and Joey Janela. Uh, Cole Cabana versus Hangman Page on the right, and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy on the uh, right as well. Uh, you figure this thing works out to... Uh, eh. Have we seen Ray Phoenix and Kenny Omega in AEW? I believe we have really early on. Uh, so you can kind of go either way there, I think, having Penta L0M or Ray Phoenix win. Uh, Kenny Omega should should pretty handedly move past Joey Janela. Uh, I would say pretty quickly, like Kenny Omega's been talking a lot of shit about singles wrestling for a while, and if he goes 50-50 with Joey Janela, it's like, okay, a lot of talk, buddy. Uh, Cole Cabana easily crushed by Hangman Page. Wardlow and Jungle Boy could go either way. I would, I would try to put Jungle Boy over in that match, uh, to be completely honest with you. Well... There's, there's no point of heating up Jungle Boy if you're not going to do something with him. And Wardlow, th that whole MJF thing is going to come to a head with the Inner Circle. And does Wardlow shake out as a babyface after that? In which case, maybe you put a win on Wardlow here and have him fight Hangman Page. Hangman Page versus Jungle Boy would be great. Hangman Page versus Wardlow? I don't know. And then, of course, you figure this thing works up to Kenny Omega versus Page at full gear. That's... Uh... That's where we're going, right? Yes, unless there's a swerve. And then Kenny Omega can still turn heel on Page at the, the pay-per-view and just not be in the match. That would be fine. Uh, no wrong way to go here, in my opinion. Uh, other than, you know, Joey Janela, I guess. Uh, 
this is going to begin next week taking place uh the the final taking place at uh Full Gear, which I said, that's November 7th. Mark your calendars. Back from break, MJF in the ring with Wardlow introduces Chris Jericho, who he wants present for his announcement. Uh, the crowd with the usual chorus of Judas. Crowd looking fuller than usual, louder too. Not a fan of the cringy, cringy wrestlers at ringside seeing Judas and kind of like hot-dogging it up, like really over-the-top, uh, like people in a in a, in an Old Navy ad singing karaoke, like cringy-looking faces and, and overreactions. You have it juxtaposed, which is the word I want to write down here, but didn't want to try to spell it late last night when I was uh, watching this. Uh, you have it juxtaposed with these fans who are uh, passionately singing this song through their masks, standing, gesticulating in a, in a in a in a passionate fan way, and then you have the hammed up wrestlers at ringside that I I don't doubt their their sincerity singing it. Uh, I don't like it, and they do it every time. MJF uh, asks Sammy to put on his uh, belated jacket gift. Chris demands he do so as well. It's several sizes too big. MJF flatters Jericho's body and hair. Jericho is looking very good here. He he worked on his tummy a little bit. He's looking looking good. Uh, Jericho invites him to touch his hair. The rest of the inner circle seem bored of MJF's shtick. Jericho demands to know why they are here. What is the big announcement? MJF promises to keep it real. Right now, the two biggest draws are looking each other in the eye. Goes on to name himself the ratings ruler to crickets. Alludes to them working together. Repeatedly fails to say the words, I'd like to join the inner circle. Eventually gets out the words that he would maybe, possibly, might perhaps want to join the inner circle. Ortiz takes MJF's mic and tells him they aren't interested in his offer. Jericho says they need time to discuss, but invites MJF to a one-on-one steak dinner. MJF accepts. Next week, Jericho and MJF have a steak dinner. Tony Schiavone reminds us uh, that a Jericho's... Champagne, Le Champion Champagne, a little bit of the bubbly, is available on sale now. If you need uh, some for the new year, now, now's the time to, to fucking stock up. Second wave of COVID's hitting, baby. You better make sure you have the bubbly ready to go. Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker getting a spa treatment side by side. Tony holding a microphone to Britt. Britt calls uh, from Reba for Reba, who enters uh, with her role model rules easel. Rule number five, be the baddest bitch on the block. Britt realizes Tony is naked under his towel, and everyone starts screaming. Cut to Tony in an exfoliating mask, and then being waxed by Britt and Reba. Britt continues to criticize Tony. She's back in action next week. This was great. Uh, This was actually very, very good. Uh, Not laugh-out-loud funny, but came off very genuine uh, for such a ridiculous segment. Uh... Orange Cassidy versus Cody for the TNT Championship mask. Picture in picture for the entrances here. Cody, looking great here, tries to get a rise out of Cassidy and fails. Cody goes to lock up with Orange, who fakes him out and puts his hands in his pockets. A frustrated Cody shoves Cassidy. His glasses fall, and he kicks them from the ring. They circle and lock up a first for Orange Cassidy, I believe. Uh, A fairly decent uh, size difference between these two men. Cody looks huge next to Orange Cassidy. Back from picture in picture, Cassidy sidesteps a rope chop. I have written here, from Cody, and exhaustively delivers a set of devastating kicks. Dark Order appears at ringside for some jobber shenanigans. John Silver attempts to steal the TNT Championship. Orange disarms him, and the ref ejects the five or six Dark Order members from ringside. Uh, Action moves back. It seems weird that they would come out to steal the championship, uh, but then obey the ref uh, when they are ejected from ringside. Uh, Action moves back in the ring, and uh, the men exchange signature moves. Cassie, like, the Dark Order fucking Brody Lee took that shit. Remember? He, he like, he stole it and then, uh, made Cody fight for it or whatever. Wait, did that happen? Yes. No. What happened there? Did that happen? <laughs> shit. 
That was recent, too. Uh, Cassidy slaps Cody into the ropes, comes off the ropes, and into Cody's dropkick to his legs. The camera finds Darby Allen in the crowd, menacing like Sting. Tony tells us that Darby Allen will fight the TNT champion at full gear on November 7th. A frustrated Cody continues to work the legs of Cassidy and punish him. Cassidy, hit, uh, Cassidy. Cassidy hits a DDT uh, for a near fall, works up some strength, selling his leg. Cassidy is able to get in some offense before Cody catches him in a figure four leg lock. They battle back and forth, break, and end up on the apron. Ca oh, hello, Ziggy. The whole My whole menagerie of, of pets have have joined us. Uh, they battle back and forth, break, uh, and end up on the apron. Cassidy hits the beach break. Both men tumble to the outside. Cassidy limps to his feet and tosses Cody into... Uh, into into some near falls i've written here into the ring to break the count uh near falls double clothesline a series of reversals ending with a ddt from cassidy beach break cody kicks out at two excalibur mentioning the waning time left in the match a countdown begins cassidy hits the mousetrap with the time expiring at the two count cody does not kick out but the time limit is reached and cody reta cody cody retains the championship uh this is the first draw in aw history of this type i think I don't know if draws have been done or DQs have been done on Dark. Uh, I'm hearing that might be the case. Don't know. Uh, Alex Marvez backstage with Jake and uh, Lance. Uh, Moxley quickly interrupts their interview and the men are pulled apart. Back in the stadium. What do I call the arena, the ringside area? So you will understand it. I usually say stadium, but it's not an arena. It's open air, right? Who cares? Tony Schiavone interviews Matt Hardy at ringside. Uh, Matt puts everyone at AEW over, says he's cleared to wrestle. The crowd cheers. The video starts playing. Many hanging pictures of Matt Hardy are set aflame by Sammy Guevara. Sammy admits to attacking Matt Hardy's knee, says he's the man who did it all, including sending Matt uh, back to the hospital every time he is cleared. Matt looks dumbfounded, says uh, his first order of business is to deal with Sammy and this feud that many are calling cursed. We'll continue. Tony welcomes us uh, back live to The Dynamite. Uh, his words, uh, he's in the ring with the bingo tumbler, uh, selecting tag teams for an eight man tag or gauntlet match or something, uh, that will determine the number one contender for FTR's championships. He draws private party, silver and Reynolds, butcher and blade are boys. And reluctantly the young bucks, the young bucks tell Tony to relax. They aren't here to superkick him. They're here to superkick these guys. Uh, Bucks attack the other teams and a brawl breaks out in the ring. Bucks and private party left standing. They exchange a quick handshake before the bucks level them with superkicks as well. The Bucks draw at FDR and Tully on the ramp as their music plays. It's time for Big Swole versus Hikaru Shida for the Women's Championship. Swole has racked up seven wins in a row, we are told. Swole comes uh, out for a handshake. Shida, suspicious at first, obliges, and they get down to business. Lockup, side headlock, chain wrestling, etc. Shida matches Swole's aggression with strong strikes. Shida hot dogs after a ringside knee strike and Shida and Shida. And Swole shoves her into the cameraman. They battle into picture in picture. Back in the ring, Swole with the advantage. Uppercuts and a headbutt to the champ. Shida battles back, hits a Falcon Arrow, but Swole kicks out at two. Dirty dancing from Swole decks the champ. Shida gets her hand on the rope and breaks the count. Shida hits an elbow, knee, Tomasi wins. Big Swole uh, is, is defeated here clean. And that's the end. Of that, Excalibur clarifies that it's a it's a it's a tag match. It's a it's a four way, eight man tag match for the contendership that was being uh, drawn randomly for. So it's those four teams battling at the same time. Whoever wins is the contender at the pay per view. World title eliminator tournament begins next week. We are reminded winner wins contendership for the AEW championship after full gear. Uh, Le Dinner Debonair Jericho MJF. What is it? Who knows? In two weeks, Cody will face Orange Cassidy again. To defend the TNT Championship, Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros appear at the announce desk, and JR throws to a video of Sean Spears and Scorpio. 
Spears denies uh, stalking Scorpio Sky, and my wife asked me a question, and I completely missed whatever the fuck he was on about, and I wasn't about to go back. No DQ, Moxley versus Archer up next. Oh, baby boy, Lance Archer looks like an absolute maniac here. Uh, Moxley spits on the floor of the hallway, makes his way to the ring. Not very babyface of him in the pandemic. Uh, Moxley hits the paradigm shift as soon as he hits the ring for a two-count on Archer, which was excellent. Archer uh, runs uh, through him, or runs him through, and they tumble outside. Eddie Kingston remains on commentary here. JR references Moxley's 19-0 record. Uh, Lance Archer hitting some massive strikes as he stalks Moxley around the ring. Moxley counters Archer with a clothesline. Archer smiling, intentionally eats a number of strikes from Moxley. Archer dumps Moxie to the outside and begins talking into the camera, and that's our cue to go to picture-in-picture. Picture. Archer pulls out a table during the break. Moxie crawls back into the ring while he sets it up. Yeah. Uh, a State Farm commercial plays while Moxie flips the double bird to uh, Archer here. I always love the picture-in-picture picture for that. Archer punishes Moxley in the corner uh, with some massive chops, a nose grab, a hit to the belly. Archer gets Mox up for the blackout. Mox fights out and eats a boot back from break. Everyone hurting. Uh, Moxley fires up with a clothesline. With the clothesline, Moxley fires up with some clotheslines and tosses a few chairs into the ring. JR and Tony remind us to join them next week, a.k.a. tomorrow, uh, as you're listening to this live. Tickets are available. Moxley smacks uh, Archer in the face with a chair just as he stands up. He sets up another two chairs to dump Archer into them. Archer counters with a big slam to Moxley through the chairs. The chairs pop away uh, like it's physics in a PS2 game. Moxley, with a chair around his own head, grabs a knee bar on Archer. Archer crawls all the way out of the ring, quickly equipping a trash can. Moxley charges and eats a trash can to the face. Archer enters the ring for additional trash can damage. On the apron, Archer and Moxley perched above the tables. Moxley drops to one knee and hits the low blow and drops he and Archer through the tables at ringside. Eddie, with a good interjection, both potential champions, being softened up for his family is a good thing. Mox and Archer, both bleeding from the table spot. Mox screams and hits a paradigm shift. Archer kicks at two. Moxley immediately hits the bulldog choke. Archer fights free for a DDT, gets Mox up for the blackout and hits it. Moxley counters the pin for a three count and John Moxley retains. Archer in disbelief boots Moxley in the face. Eddie sends the Lucha Bros to help Moxley. Ray Phoenix hits Archer in the back with a chair. Archer stands and slowly turns. Jake Roberts forces Archer to retreat as the numbers are no longer in their favor. Eddie Kingston on the mic asks the crowd to give it up for John. Eddie and the Lucha Bros pick Moxley up. Eddie says he's proud of him. Eddie invites the crowd to raise their hands with he and Moxley before sucker punching him and grabbing a chokehold. Lucha Bros run interference and prevent the refs from getting in the ring to do what? I don't know. Presumably nothing. Ask them to stop. Uh, Moxley is out cold. Eddie continues to threaten John as we go off the air. Great show. Uh, bit of a hoarse voice here. I'm going to have some, some tea. Feeling... Feeling the the seasonal transition, I get that that nasal drip, those those seasonal allergies, if you will, uh, which of course is a lot of fun uh, during a pandemic. Whenever you have a scratchy throat, or uh, or anything to do with a head cold or anything like that. So, uh, thank you as always for sticking with me, listening uh, to the show. Of course, AW Dynamite airing tomorrow, and I'm gonna watch it earlier. I'm gonna get that next show out early. I promise. That's right, a promise from Lee. Here, at the end of Sultans of Slam. Gotcha there. Thought I was going to just throw to the music. At Tits Iceberg on Twitter is where you can uh, hit us up. Lee at iceberg.com is my email address. Of course, you can leave a comment, question, topic, anywhere you see this posted. Look for Public Beta Podcast coming up tomorrow. Me and Reed uh, chatting video games is still the plan as of me recording this right now. Uh, that's been the show. Thank you as always. That's been uh, the Sultans of Slam and welcome to the jam.